0: Welcome to another episode of the Piggy Performance Podcast. This episode of the podcast is a conversation with Brandon Arry. Brandon is an Irish 400-meter runner who is currently training for the World Championships and the Olympics. We had an in-depth conversation about his training, his love for soccer and other sports, his recent trip to Cameroon, his experience of racism in Ireland, and the challenging topic of cancel culture. This one was a bit of a beast to edit given issues we had with Brandon's internet connection in Cork. I do apologize in advance for any unusual sounds you may hear. Other than that, I hope you enjoy it. Hopefully I talked a little bit of sense and not too much shite. Remember to like it, share it and send it. Right man, what's the story? How are you doing, what you been doing today? Training?
1: What's up? Uh, not much, I've just gotten up, not, not really exciting. had my breakfast, that's pretty much as exciting as it gets. You know, with everything locked down, there's not really much you can do really, but yeah, I've, I've been good. What about yourself?
0: Uh, not much. Working away, doing a few bits of online stuff and just prepping for this, I suppose, so far. Are you in Cork?
1: Yeah, I'm back home now in the real capital. So that's the, that's (laughs) the, that's, that's, this is a home for a while. But yeah, it's it's a bit of a change now. I'm not going to lie. After, I suppose, seven years of being up in Dublin, just getting used to everything, the smell of slurry, you know, just not as much like buses and ambulances going by. You know, it's nice in a way, but at the same time, you do miss, you know, the lads being there, going down to, pigmanium for one or two yeah one or two, there's a lot so. of that down the
0: country are you struggling with the internet connection at home
1: funny enough um i was on the phone to to the internet provider and yeah it's 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 not great like it's not great at all it's just this whole 5g thing i'm like oh like I'd, i wish we had it at home i'm seeing everyone like chatting about it. i'm like oh must be nice you know but listen we can't beggars can't be choosers. because i'm happy to just have internet so the most
0: exactly thing. people from dublin don't realize the, how the, the struggle and the despair of being down the country it could be just gone for a day you just have to deal oh. with it even like assignments and whatnot like when you have to get the assignments in and the yeah. internet is gone and you can't do any research and you just have to email the lecturer and be like here like i can't do anything about exactly. this i'm sorry it's just i'm from car <laughs> Exactly.
1: literally that's that's the excuse like you just have to That's this. You just listen out, like I'm from Cork, so like I, I can't, I can't get this work into (laughs) you, like I'm from Cork. Exactly. Yeah, like all just aside though, like it's, it's the struggle sometimes, man, especially when as well the internet seems to go, especially when you need it, but always. Yeah. Apart from that, you know, it's nice being out here and just, you know, I feel I'm definitely a lot more focused in terms of training, um, less distractions for sure. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good so far. There's positives, pros and cons of everything, I suppose just really again with like any sports athlete, you just have to adapt with everything and i think that's something where i've just had to get used to and that's pretty much it so i'm looking forward to just a new challenge and you know moving coach moving homes and um, moving physios, strength conditioning and stuff like that and um, it's it's definitely something new for me and i'm definitely just ready to
0: We lost you for a second, Brandon, with the dodgy internet, but you're back. Don't worry. That's why I wanted to ask you about your training and whatnot. Different facilities, different everything down in Cork. What's the setup like?
1: Uh, The setup was actually pretty good. Like I suppose I have... So basically, I train up in the Maradike, up in Cork or in CIT, and luckily enough, yeah, I have the, the gym in Mallow and obviously they a shop, but I have a letter from the government allowing me to train still. So I can use the gym. I have full facilities there, the lines then. It's amazing. The facilities are just like unreal. It's got everything that I need. You know, the platform, it's got even like a 60 meter um, astroturf place. So I can do all my drills and stuff like that. But yeah, if you, definitely if you ever get a chance, like, definitely come yeah, down, check do it a out. session
0: there. Oh, I love it. So you're training specifically for just 400 metres, is
1: it now? Uh, Yeah, yeah. So it's, um, yeah, I'm training just for the 400. So we're hoping to, I suppose, maybe qualify with the, with the mixed 4 by 4 relay. So that's kind of what we're aiming for at the moment. But with the world relays around the corner, we're hoping to, I suppose, get qualifications and you know, the Nationals then in June will determine who gets to go. I suppose it, from what I know, it'll probably be the top three that get to go to the Olympics, which is kind of, in a way, it's like, whoa, because it just shows you could race well all season, but if that race doesn't go well for you, then it's it was not You there. have quite a strong team, though, don't you? Yeah, we do. We actually do. So this year is actually the first Olympics. This Olympics is the first Olympics that is going to be a mixed relay. So it's going to be two guys and two girls running on relay team. So... With the individual four x four, we're not that strong because although we have, I suppose, Thomas Barr and like Brian Green, which are they, those two lads are quite strong. They're, we we lack the experience, I suppose, because a lot of the, the team is quite young and going up against like, like countries such as like Jamaica and you know even GB that have 60 million of <laughs> population. It's it's. It's quite difficult, you know, and what I find as well is there's nothing really wrong with it, but the diversity within sports itself in Ireland hasn't really evolved as much as other countries, you know, with the likes of France, um, even smaller countries like Belgium. Um, It could, I suppose, you being in rugby, it could be something to do with, I suppose, the GAA being involved. There's athletes out there that I know for sure would absolutely, Burned me in a race and have burned me in a race, but they're playing full forward for county now. You know, it's a, exactly, you know, you look yeah. at it, it's like, wow, you know, they're, they're tremendous athletes. But yeah, it's just a different sport and just a different love of the sport, you know?
0: It's hard, like, because uh, I've had the conversation a few times. Ireland really punches above its weight in terms of all sport, like, even athletics. The amount of people that are playing GAA in the country is absolutely astronomical. So imagine how good Ireland would be uh, at sports that are played on an international stage if there wasn't the GA. But then at the same time, you've got to appreciate the GA and the level that they're at as well. And people just don't understand from other countries when you say like, if you go abroad and you're like, uh, what's your national sport, soccer or or rugby or whatever? And say, no, no, Gaelic games. And they're like, what? And then you explain to them that these lads just turn out and don't get paid anything and they're all just teachers and whatever, and they dedicate themselves to training the same as a professional athlete would, which is absolutely mad. But uh, and then they still get 80, 85,000 plus people in Crow Park for the matches too. Like it's just go. next level.
1: It's crazy. It's it's just the passion, I suppose. And as well, it's I suppose is the is the it's people are so proud of you know the parish and the community. It's it's massively about community, and I suppose in other countries where you have major sports like from where I'm from in Cameroon it's just football you know it's just it's football again you know you have great rowers and and, and runners but it's just football you know and it's different countries just have their niches and yeah it's just Ireland is just hurting football and well I well, think
0: what in recent years anyway it's changing a little bit more it probably used to be that way I think a lot of people are seeing the value in doing athletics, even as a young age, and a lot of crossover athletes and very, very good athletes in rugby and in Gaelic games and soccer, they're competing in athletics up to nearly 16, 17, 18. And I know yourself, you were quite a handy footballer, like you played football up until what age, 18, 19?
1: Yeah, I played soccer with uh, Cork Schoolboys and I played with Cork City. Um, underage as well um, on the 19th League of Ireland and I actually left and went into athletics and yeah but I, I would have played gala football all the way up to I suppose school levels I actually played when I went into DCU I played one game with the citizen, um team which was great you just I suppose go out there and, and play but I suppose someone like yourself that knows so much about sport like fitness is just different it's completely different and even as well, myself, I dabbled into rugby sevens, with Irish rugby sevens there, like, last year. And I struggled just heavily, again, with just covering, I suppose, eight like, 8K on the pitch for the training sessions. This is something my body wasn't used to, yeah. you know, because I'm just so explosive that I can just yeah. go once and that's it, you know. And, and that's what I work towards, just having one race. But, you know, if you're up against some of the lads, like, Jordan Conroy and Greg and even Aaron Sexton, these lads that can just burn, like just burn speed and just run so fast and just be able to turn and stuff like that. Just my body wasn't used to that, and yeah, it's just just different fitness. Um, It's it's it's
0: totally different. Like as you said, Jordan is so explosive, but like as well as that, in a 400 meter race, you don't have to get to your max speed straight away. Whereas like the likes of Jordan is able to get to his top speed really fucking rapid. And yeah. he doesn't lose speed when he changes no. direction as well. Like, I've played yeah. against him and it's just, it's a fucking nightmare. You'd be running after him all day. Like, there's no way you catch him.
1: Yeah, nah. Jordan, Jordan's a beast. Like, it's funny because, like, I would be good friends with Jordan as well. And he's just, his character, he's just such a positive kind of guy. But in the gym, he does the work. That's the funny thing as well because you see him, he's just such a joker online. But he actually, he's one of these people that actually puts in the work. Like, in the gym, He's maxing out each rep. He's benching like easily over 100 for, for reps, you know. And a lot of the things like these things add up to your speed initially, yeah. you know what I mean? And it's it's great for me to see it first time to just see what it takes for some of these lads to keep a top speed. I suppose for someone that we can both agree and just see and I suppose admiring, like Carolyn Isles, you know, yeah. we're just like, we see him run and we're like, wow, that must be a good. The small things that he puts into his training, we don't see. You know what I mean? The the, yeah. the the hours and hours of work that he puts into his biomechanics, we don't we don't see that. We just see the emperor of the team in New Zealand somewhere running absolute rounds or yeah. something. You know, so just runs around him, like it,
0: they all do. It's crazy. Oh, They're it's so crazy. rapid, it's like. Crazy. But uh, yeah, Jordan was a good footballer in his day as well. Like he, he was. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He's no, from I, Tullamore, I think. He's a couple of years older than me, but I remember from what you're saying there he would have been on the Midlands select a couple of years uh, older and mm-hmm. you would have seen him on the side of the pitch doing his crunches and whatever before training. Like he's always been really dedicated to his training. Mm-hmm. But then if I was to go back to the soccer, because I was actually talking about soccer, it can upset people now mm-hmm. when you say football instead of soccer. Yeah, what position soccer, did you play when you were playing soccer?
1: Uh, I played up front. Striker. I mm-hmm. played striker. for Yeah, I played I play, I play striker. It was... Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. But the older I got, I was just like, wow, it gets tougher. You know, it, it yeah. gets quite difficult because you really have to start making decisions decision what you want to do in terms of, I think that was what, I suppose, drove me to athletics because with soccer, I realized that, you know, no matter how well you play, if your team doesn't play well, you lose and that's it. You know, yeah. th- th- there's a winning team. But, you know, I was always fast and I wanted something that you know, if I put in the work, I'd be able to see the benefits of what I've done, you know, in yeah. my winters training and stuff like that. So, yeah, I've always loved athletics. And yeah, but obviously soccer would always hold such a good place in my hand. I plan on going back playing for sure.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, I saw you when you were in Cameroon, you were looking at them. Uh, you were recording it and I'd say you were itching to get in and kick a ball about it. Oh, as well, yeah. like. But was it always 400 metres then for you? I know you did hurdles as well, didn't
1: you? Yeah, I did hurdles, but um, I I started off with sprints. So actually, I started off with cross country. Absolutely hated it. It was just, <laughs> nobody oh, likes it. it nobody saying
0: likes
1: it. Oh, it was terrible. I remember, I remember just being in school and primary school, and they were just picking that out thing. They were like, right, oof. They were like, I wonder what we're gonna put you in. Right, well, let's just put you in everything. You know, you yeah. look like someone that could run everything. I was like, but how can I run the cross country and run the hundred meters? Yeah. No, no, no. You'd be able for it. Yeah. Although I won it, but I was still very annoyed that I was yeah. put into all of it. But um, like I didn't really like cross country. Then I, you know, got sprints and yeah, got into to hurdling then and really enjoyed it. But I think what I lacked a lot was just because of years of just running long distance stuff. I had lost a lot of speed, so I went back running just flat, and yeah. um, 400 meters. And yeah, since then I haven't really looked back. So
0: it's always hard when you're focused on multiple events obviously so it's probably a good decision to just go on the flat but what kind of training split are you following in terms of your snc and your track sessions oh in
1: relation to my snc um so i i would train maybe i suppose like six days a week i've recently just changed coach now so the program has changed up a bit but um, historically, like what I would have done would have been very much, I suppose, endurance early on the week and speed later on the week. So on a Monday, I would have more like speed and endurance. We're talking like three, six, 300s, kind of sluggish. Tuesday is more like repetitive runs. So run for two minutes, break for one minute. Wednesday, got gym work. So it's like a lot of fast, explosive. We're talking cleans, snatches, uh, half squats very much focus on the explosive stuff and then thursday then very short speedy because obviously we have our fast muscle fibers going yeah so we get onto the track and we're just doing blocks we're doing knee drives we're doing just a lot of explosive stuff and then obviously when you've done that much of hard of a session we try on a friday to do less impact so we either go with swimming or we go with cycling or rowing something that you're still staying yeah. fit for. It's just less impact on the yeah. body because you know yourself obviously having that hard of an impact six days a week in your body might yeah. not necessarily seem like bad short term but long term you'll definitely feel it and um, you're putting
0: more force through the floor than I am man so fuck fuck that like you're a lot bigger than me and if you were to... gonna run on the track all yeah. day like it, it's gonna it's gonna take a toll on your joints. But yeah that's fairly intense sounding weak. I know you love your um Olympic lifts your cleans and your snatches and whatnot you're you share a few videos of them but something that i found find even more impressive than the videos you put if you're up in the gym is when you're doing your drills i just love seeing your drills because like you're just so elastic with them you're so bouncy and i'm used to yeah. when i'm coaching them i'm coaching team sport athletes so they like they're new-ish to them they would not be doing them for long so they kind of struggle with the timing and the tempo of it and they wouldn't be yeah. as springy as you. Whereas when you do it, it's just that bounce. It's just like, and it's so well-timed. It looks so, just, it looks gorgeous. Like, <laughs> as yeah. a strength conditioning yeah. coach, look at that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's like every strength conditioning coach dream. It's just like, wow. It's like, this is what yeah. you need to, well, you know what? It's, it's funny because it's mad because I still look at it. And I'm like, right, I need to improve it so much more because I don't know if you follow Harry Aikens or Rishi.
0: Yeah. Like yeah. he
1: is an absolute, demon when it comes to like explosive and and just like have you ever seen go over tree for tree herbs it's like him going over like cones, it's ridiculous just the explosiveness to be able to just constantly just continuously go over those and absolutely shred it, you know, it's just like why do you have everything? Like some of this stuff like it's years and just years of practice and yeah after a while you just you, you tend to get better at it and you move more and more towards like perfecting it and yeah yeah i'm, I'm still not there but I'd, I'd love to be able to definitely just get so much more better
0: yeah well like i've heard dan faff talking about harry akins and saying he, um, harry looks at a weight and he puts on two kilos like he's just a beast oh, yeah. Like, yeah, so like yeah, yeah. I, I know he puts up a lot of the training videos and stuff like that but have you seen the videos of him when he was a teenager like he was already like hench so, like, yeah. there is a genetic factor too. As you said, some lads just have it all, but then you can work on it to an extent and work with what you've got. And you're obviously doing that. You haven't been doing as frequent updates of your training on Instagram. We'd love to see a little bit more of it if you could. You were putting them yeah, up when you were actually, in Cameroon, they, though.
1: Yeah. Do you know what? I am actually start doing it again because I do you know what I feel like. I'm like, oh, people don't want to be because I train so often that, like, yeah. I don't think that people want to see me train because I like putting stuff going on walks because I'm like oh I don't get to do this often so maybe this is what people want to see but then I forget that okay you know some people follow me because of what I do you know what I mean and yeah. putting that out there a lot more would not only motivate other people to do it but also like educate people you know so I think I'm gonna start doing a lot more so yeah
0: I think you're right yeah we'd be happy to see it anyway but to touch on you going over to Cameroon you said you're originally from Cameroon so you have a family over there and Obviously you went out at the same time as a lot of people left the country in athletics to do their warm weather training so did it just kind of match up like that or was that the reason you went out or was it just to see family
1: um so a couple of reasons i winter training i i got injured last season um so winter training didn't go really as planned last year in terms of mentally i just i was struggling you know with the love of the sport you know, Olympics being cancelled and I'd already previously put in so much work. So I was like, you know what? I haven't really, you know, enjoyed myself. I haven't really just lived my life. I was like, you know what? Let me just, and I got injured as well. So I was like, right, let me just take athletics, pull our legs behind for a bit and just start, you know, enjoying myself and, you know, just doing normal things. And what that like, did for me was it actually brought me back even where I'm supposed to be instead of like rehabbing and, so he brought me back. So I actually fell short of where I was supposed to be in terms of winter training. So come like December, I was like, I was like, Oh shit. Like, like where, what, what am I going to do now? Because I've lost so much and not only been injured, but from just I suppose losing motivation of training as hard as I could. So I was like, right, I need something where I can just go back, focus, no distractions. Yeah. And I just went back to Cameroon. I brought, brought a one way ticket to, to, to Cameroon. Um, and for anyone that doesn't know where Cameroon is, it's, it's, um, it's a West African country just above the equator. So it's a country of about 20 million people. So it's a bilingual country. So I was in the English speaking side, beside Nigeria. So I was there. It was dry season. It was 34 to 35 degrees sometimes. And so I just found a track in altitude and I just stayed there for about a month, two months and just trained. And I came back and... I am like, you know, I felt so much lighter, so much faster. And yeah, it definitely 100% just paid off. But yeah, like it definitely put me back to what I'd missed in the past. So um, yeah, so I was there training. I got a problem for my coach and yeah, so. You
0: just got back to enjoying it, which is the main yeah, thing. Yeah, I just got
1: back. Exactly. Yeah. I got back to enjoying it, the whole thing. And it was great. Uh, I got to see my family enjoy the weather, good, clean food. Um, I think that's something where a lot of athletes, especially someone like myself, um, struggle to get is, you know, I went to a nutritionist and it was just so difficult for him to make me a program because it's funny, but when you're dealing with East African athletes' diets, it's very different to West African athletes' diet, And you can see that physically as well. You can look at, you know, a black person and say, okay, this person person's... West Africa, or this person's from East Africa. And I think that was something that I struggled with going to dietitians here because it was like, whoa, how do I fit the African, you know, nutrients into someone that's but he's used to it, you know? And it's it's mad because, you know, I've tried so many different diets, you know, keto diet, I've tried, you know, vegetarian, I've tried different things and, you know, it's led to me fluctuating weight and actually not getting anything for my performance, you know? But I was like, you know what? When I go back, let me just eat what I'm, my body's used to eating, you know, in the morning, eating my papayas and my pineapples and my avocados. No none, no bread, no real milk because we don't drink milk over there. Um, and, yeah, it, it worked out great. Leaned up so much, lost a lot of body fat and just kept my power up and I'm definitely feeling a lot more healthy and stronger. So,
0: yeah that's madness that's really interesting i never even thought of that like it's not mammy's cooking in Cork, is it is is it that the best thing for you do you reckon
1: yeah no it's definitely mammy's cooking in
0: Cork. It's african ingredients for sure but like
1: i think a lot of i suppose african athletes like we tell you this themselves their body reacts a lot more to healthy african foods you know like I went back and I was eating yams. I was eating plantains, I was eating cassavas. And a lot of these fruits are roots, they're like potatoes, but we don't really eat potatoes over there. We don't really drink milk because we don't have cows, that milk, because we only eat cows for meat, you know, and, yeah. you know, cutting dairy out of my, my diet. And, you know, it was just, my body just reacted it so well, you know, because it was what I was used to. And obviously as well, getting a lot more in sea as well, naturally. Yeah was great for me as well so it gave me a lot more energy to training and stuff like that so yeah it's it's it i think if someone actually did a thesis about it it, it'd be a great
0: it uh, would be yeah well in terms of genetic factors like obviously in ireland it's a lot of potatoes and a lot of milk and then the population becomes good at digesting and using the energy from dairy products and potatoes out of necessity because of like We had to do genetics in college and I did my project on the migration of the world's population out of Africa and the different kind of genetic factors in each place that meant that those people stayed there, basically, and why they thrive in that environment that they're in now. But I didn't even think about that, like in terms of how much of a struggle that must have been for yourself. When you moved out of home, you didn't have mammy's cooking, so you didn't have the African ingredients, as you said. But also, sure, I've met you outside bujum a, a few times, and I don't know how that agrees with you then, like, up in yeah. Was that a big struggle when you moved out cooking for yourself?
1: It was, because, like, oh, man, I just lived off pasta and red sauce, because that's the only thing I could cook. I was literally, like, I would do an unbelievable session, just have, like, a big bowl of pasta. Like, anything, I would just eat pasta, like, and then I was like, you know what, let me actually just start researching and start cooking and just trying different things. And I fell in love then when I was in my undergraduate with we cooking. Not much, not as much in my master's because I was very busy. But undergraduate, I definitely tried a lot. And I just start understanding my body a lot more. You know, what reacts to my body well. And you know, and I'd say for about three years now, I haven't really drank milk. Don't really drink milk as much. I still eat some dairy products, but You know, there was a phase there during college where I only drank almond milk, soy milk, and and he just reacted so much more to my body. And when I asked the nutritionist why, he was just like, a lot of, you know, especially people that were born in Africa, like, they're not not used to lactose, you know, as much as we are, because we were born with it. And we'll be drinking from when we're babies all the way up to almost when we die. So, but people coming from Africa, like the cows over there, they're bred for meat. They're not really bred for milk and stuff like that so people just like yeah it's 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 just normal that's how you know a lot of other west African people that's how their body have reacted to it so it was just interesting it's about Um, finding what works
0: for you isn't it like really exactly and and it sounds like you found that now so we'll be looking forward to you gaining a good bit of success in the upcoming whenever the world champs are going to be or the olympics have they announced a date for them yet
1: yeah it's supposed to be in july so that's what you said it's meant to be um, so it's meant to be in July. So, so yeah, fingers crossed. Um, it all goes well. It's gonna hopefully like Japan at the moment. They're not doing very well in terms of COVID. So we are just, I suppose, everyone's just waiting to see. It's going as it stands. It's going ahead. But like, listen, if big leagues like USA and GB pull out, then you know it's yeah. not really much of an Olympics. But we're hoping that. It goes ahead, and for a lot of athletes that have worked for it, they're able to, you know, go to this Olympics because, you know, including myself, we're definitely at a stage where, although we love the sport, we're definitely at crossroads. Like, do we sacrifice more of our lives to give into sports, not knowing what's ahead in the future, or do we work towards our career, our family, our relationships? You know, so it's it's definitely we're definitely at crossroads now, and you know, if this was to go ahead, it would definitely give. A lot more people the motivation to keep going and doing what they love and also sponsors as well to keep giving out sponsorships knowing that they are going to be future olympics and stuff like that so yeah
0: yeah it's a big one is the sponsorships and then funding it because people don't realize that there's a lot of money goes into paying coaches and paying for facilities and even just traveling around like paying for your petrol and whatnot like it is expensive and then your food as well and in America, it might be all well and good, and everything's funded for them, and all this money is pumped into athletics. But in Ireland, they do their best, but there's so many sports, it's hard to to give that much funding to athletics. I suppose so. It's not easy, and as you said, it's a difficult decision. But you've done a good job of focusing on your career uh, goals and your athletic kind of pursuits uh, simultaneously. Like because you finished the Ma- when did you finish the masters last year or the year before? Two years ago. And you're working now as well at the same time as training?
1: Yeah, so I'm working I'm I'm a financial engineer now so I finished my masters in finance in DCU and yeah, I'm 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 working now and I suppose just to touching just the sponsorships and, and stuff like that. It, the situations that you know, a lot of athletes are in Ireland, you know, where we are we're definitely sacrificing a lot for our sports. And, you know, it would be great if we were to get individual sponsorships. And, you know, if the Federation was to get a lot of individual sponsorships, but a lot of the times you tend to find Federations really just locked into one sponsorships. And although it's just for security, what that does is then it restricts other athletes from going outside and getting other sponsorships. Because I've always thought of it in a way that if, an athlete could, if athletics or any other sports for that matter, could go ahead like Formula One where you have GA jerseys sponsored by 20 different sponsorships or athletics or athletes sponsored by, you know, five or seven different, that would definitely give more money into the sports, that would give more viewership into the sports, that would give more TV rights and stuff because a lot of these massive corporations, they're locked in to different, you know, media corporations as well. So, the business of sports is definitely something that needs to be looked at, especially in Ireland, especially in in a country that has a monopoly on just one sport. You know, it's it's definitely, there's definitely a window there for business opportunities. And, you know, in terms of coaches being paid as well, there's so many qualified coaches where, you know, if there was something where, I mean, a federation where apprenticeship where it could get these coaches under canoeing for six months, pay them or under badminton because what that does then initially then it not only increases the qualifications of those coaches, but they learn more and they can then take that qualification and go to Qatar and be the head coach of Badminton if they wanted to, you know, or, you know, so that's that's something because that a lot of certain conditioning coaches that would be quite knowledgeable in GA. You know, when it comes to athletics or when it comes to rugby, they don't know what's going on because they don't know the biomechanics of those athletes. So I think definitely it's definitely worth exploring and definitely something worth looking at. Yeah,
0: it is an issue for strength and conditioning coaches because like you don't learn how to be a coach out of a book. As I say, you have to you have to coach. You have to actively coach. And what you touched on there in terms of the differing sports, like you can do your best and there is crossover between them. My argument yeah. would be always that like I always try and train my athletes towards speed because as we talked about earlier with Carolyn Niles, Jordan Conroy, Greg, yourself, when you're playing sports, speed is number one in most sports. Definitely in rugby, soccer, GAA, like if you're fast <laughs> on good luck market. Like yeah, you're exactly. So yeah. it should always be the priority, but then managing the and um, track athletes and keeping them healthy and able to push is nearly harder than it is in the weight room well similar in rugby you're just trying to keep the players playing and on the field to get better at the sport but you touched on your weekly schedule there like it's just so intense so there's got to be a lot of a focus on recovery too what sort of recovery strategies are you using yourself or was one of your big strategies going over to Cameroon just de-stressing from everything?
1: Um, I think for me, one of the most important things was just, you know, it's funny, but I know people have heard this a lot, but it's just zoning out from the world. That was definitely my biggest thing. And just focusing on yourself, not seeing what other people do. Because a lot of the times what you tend to do is you tend to focus less on people and more on yourself. And you look at how to stay fit. But in terms of physical recovery that was just more mental recovery to just everything else but in terms Same
0: thing, of physical recovery stress is yeah, stress it's, like
1: it's as it's as important as and i think that's that a lot of young especially young athletes need to be taught is the psychology of sports and this and the benefits because we look at sports when we see you know the Ronald o'gara's or the you know all this Ronaldo's, all these players we see what they've accomplished but we don't see the mental effects of sport you know the And it's funny because someone like myself, I've gone through hell with athletics, you know, where, you know, I've been in bed for days and just because of a bad race, because of injury. And I think a lot of young athletes need to be taught this, you know, how to be able to bounce back from that, because that's where you lose a lot of athletes. And it's huge for me. And I hold that. I think that's definitely something that I hold very strongly as well. Something that I do find myself quite good at to be able to bounce back because, you know, I've known athletes where they've gotten a bad injury and they've just walked away from the sport because they're not mentally there. But just carrying on. But in terms of like physical activities, you know, keeping it, keeping on top of like, you know, massages and physios and yeah, just not as much stress body. Um, but I'm definitely that guy that just stays in goals when the lads want to kick kick around the ball because I just don't want to get injured. But <laughs> I do get very tempted, you know, when Go someone ahead. wants to race me, I'm just like, ugh. Oh. I I I'd love to race you, but yeah. I can't, man. Like,
0: I'd love beaches, but to beat i that's what you.
1: Oh, <laughs> that's it. Like it's like oh, it's like oh, I can, it's Everyone just the mark. If I honestly, if I had a euro for every time someone's asking me to race some
0: like, athletes, yeah, well, crazy. Yeah, I'd say. Yeah. Lads in general are just so overconfident of their abilities. Oh, it's ridiculous. Especially after a
1: few, you've got the alpha male that just going. Oh, we're like, like, we can get. We we could, we can. I can definitely
0: you can't you can't <laughs> um, yeah but yeah, yeah everything you touched on there is really big because like obviously the mental aspect of stress even your physical attributes or your physical recovery modalities have a psychological component like getting massage is nearly as relaxing for the mind as it is for a body and if you're not relaxed up top as you touched on earlier then you're not going to recover and you're not going to perform at your best like we even heard you saying earlier that one of the big factors in you in decreasing your motivation was getting an an injury or getting a niggle. And it's just, it's awful for for any athlete to get an injury, but I think you get better as you get older of managing your emotions around that injury and just keep going at it, like and keep working and doing the things that make you feel better. And then you get more improvement. It's just a pity that as you get older as well, your ability to physically recover, you can't maintain it. Like, Yeah. It's, it's, it's mad because, I
1: remember when I was younger, actually, I was doing like th- three different sports and I was able to do it, you know, five times a week. And now I'm just like athletics. I do one session. and knocked out for like six hours. I can't even move. <laughs> you know, so it's just after a while, the muscle memory, you know, it's it's there. But yeah. in terms of like just recovering from that, it gets a
0: lot more harder. But then to go back to Cameroon, I saw that you were helping out a few school kids over there so that had to be good for the mental aspects and to switch off as well and to ground you I suppose
1: yeah yeah man like I you know what I I came to Ireland when I was eight years old and I think something that I've I've really held closely to my heart is never you know always remember where you come from and a lot of the times like you said it there in the post like we get so focused on what's ahead of time you know I I see myself now, like even now today, I'm just like, right, I have this interview at one o'clock I'm like, right, a training later or right, you know, I'm looking at, you know, what gear to get, you know, what next spikes or what shoes I'm going to get. We're just constantly thinking about the future, but we never really reflect on like how far we've come as people, you know, and in terms of what we've done in the past and, you know, and I think for me, it's just always remembering where I came from, you know, and when I went back to Cameroon, I just went to an orphanage in my hometown where I'm from and you know a lot of kids I went there and I just bought so many you know I bought products sanitary products and I bought books and because obviously education is quite important and for me it it was more just a reminder that wherever whatever position you are that's better than someone's uh, someone someone else's it's always good to go back and help others because you never know what they're going to be in the future and Hopefully, if any of those kids become anything in the future, whether that's a football player or, you know, a musician, they will always remember that act of kindness that I did, and they'll do that to someone else. Because when I was younger, when I was six years old, I I used to, each each time in December, I used to get a box, and I used to open the box, and there'd be like a a toy in it, and there'd be like a a picture of a white family with like a note. But I used to just chuck the note away, never really understood what it was. Now, when I moved over here, the teacher was like, Miss O'Brien, I'll never forget this in second class. Mr. O'Brien, I'm like, right, let's go get our shoe boxes to send the kids in Africa. My brain blew up. I was like, holy crap. I was like, a year ago, I was literally receiving those boxes. And then now I'm like, so like that always kind of stuck back to me because the position that you are in life is never ever permanent. So you always need to remember that. You know, it's 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 bad, but I suppose going back and just back to the kids definitely just brought some me and just it was great like
0: yeah like that's a crazy story that's gas like it it's a pity you didn't have the photos and you could tell like uh, if it was I some of wanted- some of your oh. classmates from Cork were sending you shoeboxes a few years ago uh,
1: I just wanted I just wanted the action man and the, I didn't really care because I was just I, I always wondered what it was but I never really understood until like I came to Ireland and then I was doing it I was like jeez I was like okay that, that's what it's for and when you're that young and you start realizing things that early, your mindset start to change because you you not only become grateful, but you work towards being good to others. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's yeah, like I, like I said as well. I'm definitely not in the position where I'm going to change the world or anything, but I'm definitely in the position where you know I can make small differences and you know in
0: the future. Yeah, but if you can you can help one person, I suppose then that's enough, isn't it? And if you can help multiple people, then that's enough. And it comes back to Something that keeps cropping up is that gratitude and then those random acts of kindness, like being kind with no intention in mind. But what we do get back from that is our own mental and emotional kind of well-being and a feeling of satisfaction that you've actually helped somebody. Yes, for sure. For
1: sure. Definitely. And I would love, like, in the future, like, definitely to just teach families and and kids sports, you know, how important sport is. For the mind, for bringing people together, for physical aspects of things, you know that's that's long term, you know. So hopefully, fingers crossed, you know, everything goes well. I think if I put myself in the position that I'm able to help others a lot more, then I'll definitely do it. Well yeah, well, you're being. A I suppose guru. for you as well, being a strength yeah. conditioning coach, you get that satisfaction from seeing differences and seeing the joy that comes out of people. And you know, I've seen it in your in in your Instagram posts as well, just testimonies of people that genuinely you've changed their life and you've not only given confidence back in the world so like for them that will help their life yeah you know so
0: yeah it is it's good that's why you get into the industry i suppose is to try and help people but touching on what you were talking about some of the people that i enjoy coaching the most is the kids because with kids they just can't hide how they feel it's just that's that's it there's no There's no hidden agenda. If they're happy, they're happy. If they're sad, they're sad. And when you're having fun with them, it's contagious to you as well. Like, you know, if they're having fun, you're having fun. Everybody's having fun and you're teaching them life lessons within the gym or on the track or wherever you are. And that's why sport, it should be fairly essential for most kids to participate in. And it sounds like you've gained a lot from sport as well. But you said there that you came over to Ireland when you were eight.
1: Yeah, I was eight years old when I came over to Ireland. Yeah, it was definitely a cultural change for me. Um, just so many white people. I was like, whoa, it was like, whoa. It was just, you know, it was definitely a cultural change and learning different cultures and, you know, diversity and understanding, mm-hmm. I suppose, racism at such a young age and, you know, being in that, you know, being in that environment where... When I was younger, you know, kids would run up to me and touch my skin and run away. I could never really understand it. I never really understood it because, you know, I came from somewhere that everyone looked like me, you know, so it was the norm to just be Black, you know, and I, think, I suppose coming into Ireland, I, I learned from a very young age to fit in, to, to make friends, and, you know, I did experience a lot of, you know, racism and stuff like that, but just like anything, you you know you you learn from me and you adapt to the changes you just as you're growing up you learn that I suppose there's only a small group of people that are like this you know so it's it's definitely I suppose helped me to keep me grounded in a way because although I, I am very much Irish I never really forget you know where I was born where I come from and it's great because I look at myself as you know someone that's black Irish person and yeah. you know it's great because when you when you go abroad you're like oh my god there's black people in Ireland you almost kind of have to laugh at it because of course like, oh my god black person with an Irish accent I'm like yes we exist like we're not like you know but it's it's definitely something where I'm definitely proud of. yeah it's yeah I hold very dearly to my heart and I wouldn't change it because I'm very proud of I'm very proud of being Irish you know and yeah, yeah.
0: well I thought it was gas that like as you said, you consider yourself black and Irish and originally from Cameroon as well. But the first thing that you said on the call and the first place you referenced, like typical Cork man, you know, like the first thing on it is Cork. Joe, you know? yeah, I'm in the uh, people's yeah, I'm the yeah. people's capital. Like um yeah, so I thought that yeah. was funny. But in terms of being black and Irish, what does being black and Irish mean to you? I guess. To those people that wouldn't understand it because some people like irish people can be very open minded but as you said there there are a minority that aren't as open-minded so how would you explain it to somebody like that your feelings of being both black and irish
1: i suppose being black and irish what, what like being black and irish is an abundance of things you know it's it's being versatile it you know it's 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 it's, it's having the the aspects of like i'm a black person so you know, there's certain things that I do in terms of like how we dress, how we speak, how we dance, how outgoing we are, how, you know, how outspoken we are with certain things. You know, that aspect that I always call very dearless in my life, to myself, sorry, and obviously being Irish is, you know, I do still say to my Black friend, oh, what's a crack. You know, and we we, we, we laugh about that. And we The, the Irish aspect of like things that we do, you know, we, we still have, you know. Sunday roast and stuff like that when we go to my white Irish friends so it's, it's definitely incorporating two other things together and just finding your own because what being black Irish to me could be completely be different to someone else being black Irish you know because I look at it from in terms of sport you know for me being black and Irish is creating a platform for others you know being a black man in a green singlet definitely being a role model for others that they when they see me on TV or when they see me on social media they, they can definitely be like right i can almost be that person one day you know i i don't have to be the norm you know what i mean so if, if you know if a black person that's irish can do this so can i and that should be for every industry whether it's sports whether it's music whether it's beauty whether it's everything really yeah. um so
0: yeah so in terms of changing that opinion that some people have do you think that that would be one of the most important things to have prominent black Irish figures like yourself in the media and being seen around by the youth. Do you think that is the main thing?
1: I mean, it it, it it's definitely changing. You know, it's it's definitely changing. It's funny because there's white Irish people now listening to drill music, listening to, you know, st- like some of my some of my wife friend. Right? I mean, um Poca Hurley, you'd be talking to me about Storm's new track on the top. I'm like, wait, what? I, I could almost swear you listened listening to, like, Christy Moore a couple of years back. Like, what's going on? You know, so we are definitely, especially with the BLM movement last year, so much more people educated themselves in terms of, like, Black culture and what it means to be Black. And, you know, people now, we see it in, in terms of music. People are incorporating that into their daily lives in terms of shows, you know what I mean? So in terms of sports, you know, there's Black, Soccer players like Mbappe, Pogba, that people love and admire, and in terms of music as well, like UK drill. So we're definitely, we're definitely becoming a lot more mainstream in a positive way. You know, now you're, you have black actors winning Oscars, you have black politicians, you've some of this, you know. But I, I think it's when we look at the first black for anything, it's definitely just like looking at a role model that gives a platform for others to follow through. You know what I mean? So that's just the way. I suppose I look at it But yeah Like black people Definitely should Be more out there And um, I think we definitely We definitely are And yeah I think it's just gonna Continue And just Keep growing So
0: yeah Hopefully it does Hopefully it does For sure It's um, It's an interesting one Always the, the race chat And at the moment Like Given that George Floyd's Killers were Sentenced last week So it's back into The public eye Once more but it should be in the public eye, I guess. And it's important to have these kind of conversations. But like, as you said, it's it's hard sometimes for people of opposing cultures to try and understand the opposite culture and understand different things. And that is, it's gas the way you brought up like Christy Moore and drill music and Stormzy, because obviously I would listen to all of those uh, genres. Yeah. And it's a weird one for like, I myself never understood The racism side of Irish people because, uh, well, I grew up in a household that was fairly nationalistic. So not to say that we're like it was always Irish was number one. So like uh, even from what you said there in terms of like white people or white Irish people, I would always consider myself to be Irish, but would have been taught not to consider myself white in a sense. And that, yes. that, sounds, that sounds absolutely mad to, like yeah, pe- to do, some yeah. people. Like when I was over in Singapore trying to explain this to English people, they were like, what? And I was like, well, the traditional kind of white connotations is given to kind of the colonizers. And I, yeah. I was always taught in my household anyway that the colonizers were, they were the ones that ruled over us for so long. So I was always taught that we were Irish first. And like after that, I guess, I suppose our skin is white, but I wouldn't feel that way if you get what I mean.
1: Yes, yeah, Irish I guess is number
0: know, one. Um, 100%. But like, it's it's interesting then because I would have been always taught about how oppression is wrong because I'm Irish. So yes. the oppression of people, whether that's the black people in America, whether that's colonialism in Africa, whether it's in India, whether it's over in the Gaza Strip at the moment, like I would have been always opposed to that. Type of thing. So that would be why I would consider Irish people would be able to, it's not the same story, but they'd be able to understand the feelings of what Black people feel white people put them through, if you get me.
1: Yes, for sure. And that's
0: why Irish people sometimes can be a little bit more understanding. Obviously, it's not, that's a generalization. So it's not everyone. But to go back to your experiences of racism in Ireland, like you said, some of it was maybe harmless like kids not understanding coming up and touching your face and whatnot but some of it probably wasn't harmless as well so what was your experience of that and then how would you have reacted to that in the past and how do you treat it now if you encounter it now
1: yeah I suppose just going and like just touching on what you said definitely Um, there's definitely one thing that people of color can definitely Agree with with Irish people and let stop being oppressed. I think that's something that no one should disagree because for hundreds and hundreds of years, you know, Irish people were were oppressed by the British and you were essentially starved to death by the British. You know, I think it's it's amazing because so many other countries have gone through that, with the likes of India, with the likes of Nigeria, with the likes of South Africa. So, in terms of that, we can almost relate to your pain. You know how much how much you dislike. The oppressors you know what I mean but in saying that it still doesn't remove the topic of racism on the table you know what I mean like, the racism is still very visible and clear and you know it's it's mad because about two years ago you know something something happened to me as well I was about like two years ago you know I was invited by the minister of justice to come and you know a new legislation was being brought out brought out for racism and that was to tackle you know the hate crimes on people of color, you know, minority groups, the LGBTQ community, and also the traveling community. So people that were, you know, I suppose, getting hatred from the majority of people, whether that's online, whether that's, you know, in public and was to speak that. And, you know, what, what got me was, you know, when I put this on and I started speaking about this on my social media platform, You know, I put it on my Instagram my Twitter and there were a small group of people. There were people out there that were so happy with what I was doing and, you know, they were pushing me on. They was telling me, you know, keep doing what you're doing and keep pushing on. But it was a small group of people, I suppose, that did not like the fact that a black man had this much of a platform to speak in this. You know what I mean? And I suppose when you speak about, you know, nationalism, I think a lot of times now we tend to get mixed up with what, nationalism is and you know what the far right is and you know speaking on that there's a small group of people that tend to mask their nationalism for racism I think that was what I got attacked on and you know long story short they went back on my twitter about you know stuff that was said on my twitter and you know pulled me up on that and a lot of the times this was definitely something in which I am definitely not not proud of you know going back because when you're 13, 14 at that time, you don't know what your future is going to be. You don't know if you're going to be an athlete, if you're going to be a politician, if you're going to be in show business. I think we, we've we also made mistakes in the past and I think that was worth for me definitely, you know, kept me, not only kept me grounded, but also as well to look back and be like, right, these are the mistakes that I've made and this is what I'm working towards, you know, to be better at being me, you know what I mean? And I think a lot of the time it was just a small group of racist individuals talking out at, you know, replies that I had done to other people that were also being, you know, and a lot of times yeah. it's, it's, it's it's so funny because it's not that I'm laughing at it now, but when you're replying to other people at the ages 13 and 14 with vile things and things back then that you yeah. think would be no harm to others, when you go into the future and you tend to see all these things, you're, you're deeply ashamed of it. And then, you know, it makes you think back and be like, wow, you know, you know, it also shows you how far you've come home to this You've gone to a stage where you understand how hurtful these things can be to others, but also as well, it gives you motivation to speak on these things and to be able to educate people on these things and to know the consequences of these things. And you know, it, it's it's funny because moving on from that, you know, I've learned definitely from. I learned from it. And it. Showed me the pros and cons of just the media, just the internet. Yes. And although it can be a platform from gaining sponsorships, putting yourself out there you know you can be monetized it can also be a horrible place you know you can be a horrible yeah. place for you know people in the far right people that are racist people that are bigoted and it's, it's it's definitely bouncing back from that
0: and being able to do better in the future and yeah. Yeah so there's three things that you said there that I wanted to touch on the first one being the the reference of the nationalism and the racism and people yeah. saying oh they're so they're Irish and them being racist and that from what I get, went back to saying earlier, like I just don't understand how you can be racist and Irish because yeah. being Irish is about having a sense of Irishness and being against oppression. Like, yeah. so how can you then try to oppress somebody else? Like that just, yeah. that's a complete contradictory term. The second thing is obviously to do a cancel culture and I read a quote uh, yesterday by Michael Jordan about the media and he said that if you want me to be a role model why are you going through all the things that I said and trying to use them to then tear me down? Do you want me to be a role model or not? And it sounds like you were doing exactly the right thing trying to be a role model for the younger people in Ireland and be that prominent black figure and say I'm Irish and I'm here to stop hate crimes against any Irish person, regardless of anything to do with them. And then they go in and they try and tear you down. And then I just, I, it, it's so frustrating because as you just said there, you've grown after they brought that stuff up because you're like, I can't believe I said those things when I was younger. And you, you didn't identify with what you were saying back then. Because when you're a teenager, like we're all little shitheads when we're teenagers. If you're not mm-hmm. a shithead when you're a teenager, how are you going to make mistakes and then grow from them? So to want somebody to be 100 percent the complete article for their whole life just doesn't make any sense because people are flawed. That's what we are like. But you have to learn from your mistakes, which is what you've done. And the third thing, when they're going about this kind of cancel culture line of publishing in the media, they always pull things out of context. It's always out of context and as you said you were probably replying to a racist remark or some discriminatory remark on online and at the time what you thought was harmless and thought was fine when you're a teenager you now know that that wasn't but they don't care they just take that isolated few words and say look at brandon arry he said this he believes this and it's not true and yeah. it's just ridiculous, like, because you, you've got to make these mistakes when you're younger so that you grow into a fully developed human being, which, if you don't mind me saying, it sounds like you you are now. Like, if somebody came to you now with an accusation or a racist remark, how differently would you deal with that situation as to opposed to what you did when you were 13 or 14, as you said?
1: Like? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. It's, it's, it's mad because... You, you, you grow from things you learn and yeah, you just, you tend to just, you know, reflect on your past and it betters you each day to just you not only think about what you're saying, but also think about the consequences of what you're saying in the future and stuff like that as well. And it's funny now because now when I look at other role models in terms of like, you know, Jordan and in terms of any athlete any top athlete, there's always something that people would pick at it and be like, well, they're not black perfect, this is it. But like, nobody's perfect, you know what I mean? I, it's, it's mad because I can always sit here and be like, right, you know, I was young, but at the same time, you know, some of those things that we said were hurtful. And, you know, I've learned from that and I've pushed on. And just to go back as well, and what you said about, you know, and, you know, people, you know, being nationalist and being racist, it's, it's funny because, you know, there are people in Ireland that are nationalists and that do love Ireland. And and that's okay. You know what I mean? And they love everything about Ireland, but they also love multiculturalism. They love the diversity. They love, some are married to Black people, some are married to Asian people, you know, but they still love their country. And there's nothing completely wrong with that. But what I think is really big right now is, you know, you see it even in, in America with the whole George Floyd, BLM, Movement that happened last year was people masking their nationalism, their racism for nationalism. You know, it's like it's like, well, I'm doing this for my country. No, you're not doing this for your country because if you wanted to make a difference, you make a difference to better your country. And I think that's what a lot of people are frustrated about, and that's what draws that line of division. You know what I mean? So it's definitely you know, and a lot of these things as well. It's it's, it's fake media and it's pushing the fake narrative of what people want to see and what people should see. There's yeah. never a backstory. There's never, you know, it's like this person said this, what this person did this, or this person is this. You know, it's yeah. it's never here's the full story. You make yeah. up your own. And I think as well, just in terms of people, it's definitely very dangerous. You know, it's a dangerous. It's it, we're just living in a dangerous society at the moment, and it's mm. how you as an individual you react to that. You can either feed into it or you can be better. do your own personal research and it's funny now because just speaking to you and your honesty about coming from a nationalist home is now you understand after traveling after having you know encounters with black people and people from you know people of color people from other cultures you're able to make your own opinion of what you thought was nationalism to what it is now and that's 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 an essence of growth that i see there you know what i mean but some people would sit there and just be like well ireland's for, ireland's for the irish I'm just like mm-hmm. but but like you, ireland is changing you know what i mean ireland like that's that's it like ireland is and there's going to be in the future there's going to be mixed black irish people winning medals at a national championship there's going to be mixed irish people like jordan conroy winning you know stuff for rugby there's going to be mixed Black Irish people in
0: acting. In but music, that's life. that's the thing, Brandon. Irish doesn't mean ethnic Irish. Like, yeah. Like Ireland is for everybody in Ireland. That's what Connolly was all about, and that's what I was taught as a young lad. Like, it can't yeah. it can't be a country. We can't complain about everything if we're going to do the oppressing to somebody else. Ireland has to be a country that everybody will thrive in, regardless of anything to do with them. I, and like that's what I was taught and I'm glad that I was taught that when I was younger like but you still do encounter those people that do mask as you said their their racism for nationalism and it's just it's baffling in my opinion but in terms of what you said about like they always pick at something to try and tear you down and to talk about you put those tweets up when you were a kid and obviously you're great now isn't it important to educate young people about why cancel culture is problematic and also to educate them on to be careful what you put up online.
1: Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Definitely. Because you don't know what you're going to be in the future. You don't know where you are initially going to end up. You could be in sports, whether it's in media, whether it could be in anything. But it's definitely now I tend to educate the younger generation and also my siblings and also even my friends as well. And just to be more wary of what you put up and how people view things. Because a lot of the times social media is just a revolving circle of everyone trying to be everyone. You know, I just as someone else sees my life and admires me, I see someone else's life. And it's just a toxic circle of people trying to be each other. And sometimes when that doesn't happen, people with their own personal problems take that on others by, you know, feeding things out and being, well, this person is not perfect by doing this so. It's just staying definitely aware of that whilst also being true to yourself. I think that's just very important.
0: Mate, like, yeah. I hope you wouldn't mind me saying, I'd say that you're a fantastic role model, to be honest. And You've spoken really, really well. And I'm glad that you came on to chat about all these things. And I'm glad that we're having these conversations. And as you said, you have to pull up your friends as well when they make those mistakes and whatnot, because we all make mistakes. And until you're educated on it, then you're not going to realize it's a mistake at all. So I trust that if I made a mistake, you would pull me up on it. And likewise, you would think the same, I'm sure. And that's important. You have to be able to talk to your friends about when they make mistakes. But look, man, like I'd say we could stay talking about this for hours, but I really appreciate you coming on. Last thing I want to do before you go is fire through some quick fire questions. First one is... What's your proudest achievement to date? Um,
1: I would say probably schools, I'd say. Definitely just schools. You know, we won, I won three gold medals that day. That was probably one of the best days ever because it definitely, going into university gave me that stepping stone and also platform to, you know, sports on a more senior level yeah it's mad because like some of these would be like all qualifying for world championships and stuff like that but i think once you get older sports become more almost like a job more than the fun of it and you know that day for me was just you know amazing and it's just the day that i hold very daily to my life and yeah that's probably one of the biggest achievements
0: for me sweet i saw a nice little video of you as a fresh-faced 17, 18 year eighteen-year-old, you had no beard or whatever.
1: In my beard back then, I know, man. Oh, but look, I've only, I've only aged like fine wine now. So <laughs> exactly. Um, who's your favorite athlete of all time? Ooh, who's my favorite athlete of all time? Ooh, that's that's a very tough one. Probably, oh, I don't, that's a that's a hard one. That's a very very hard one. I'd say probably Michael Phelps. I'd say probably Michael Phelps or. LeBron James, probably. I'd say so, yeah.
0: Good options, yeah. good choices. Then the next one is I know you were big into soccer, I'll say soccer this time. Who's your favorite soccer player of all time? Oh,
1: uh, probably
0: Eto, I'd say.
1: Samuel it Eto'o
0: his... Oh yeah. What a yeah. player. Yeah. He was class. He was a sick
1: player. He was insane. He was unreal. Um but yeah, he was he was incredible. Just what he was able to do for the country. And I think so many people now it's like, Oh, you're from Cameroon or Samuel Eto yeah but yeah he was just he was an amazing player
0: i always um, remember when cameroon were in the world cup and they had the, the vests with the yeah. black sleeves yeah i sick yeah they were class savage yeah. team back then and then loads of them moved to the premier league then after that
1: yeah yeah and we just i think now it's just it's funny because so many of our players now we just gone like Bappe, is his cameroonian algerian mm. player and he went to play for Cameroon but so many things happened that he ended up picking France and he is where he is now but even myself like people were like would you not run for Cameroon I'm like you know it, it's definitely it's definitely there's so much more things that add up to that in terms of sponsorships in terms of you know different things so although I love the country but in terms of platform and in terms of my circle with coaches everything I think Ireland's just the best for me and plus as well like I do definitely consider myself Irish, Irish so yeah.
0: how easy is it in athletics to um, represent a different country do you have to wait a certain amount of time or
1: yeah so you need to wait I, I think it's, it's 10 years is oh it oh my no, god no, I, I actually don't no, no I think you can depend on if you've run with them right I yeah. think you have to wait I, I don't know but I don't I think if you've run with them for senior level you can't swap over
0: can it's quite over. a long time like you have to wait yeah, before it's, you it's a long time it is so that's a career bad. like 10 years is a
1: career pretty much yes but I think but oh, no, no no no, that's wrong other so athletes have swapped over legion before but I'm just trying to there's definitely a route there's definitely something that if you've run with them for like a championship or like an Olympic or something you can run with them again or something yeah. something like that but yeah it's mad because there's so many now you have a lot of Kenya's running for Turkey and
0: yeah, it's yeah, just yeah, all yeah. over the place now so it's money yeah, money talks money, money's involved it's never good no it's not good who's going to play you in the movie ooh who would I like to play me in a movie
1: I don't know probably John Boyata is that his name Boyata or what's he in the black guy from Star Wars
0: oh yeah he is class actor he's a good actor he's unreal
1: he, he's yeah. definitely he's He's a, he's a good actor.
0: I've seen yeah. him in another couple of things as well. He's quite good. Like I think one of the first ones, he played an American and I thought he was American. Like he's so good at yeah, accents. Mad. Yeah, but he, sir, in Star Wars he has an American accent, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, he does. It's yeah. mad. You're gonna find it's mad because you're gonna find a lot of but I wonder why there's so many the UK British actors now that are just able to play those roles. Yeah. But yeah, the other way around is just a lot more difficult.
0: Yeah, definitely, they can't do Like if you hear some of them We watched Gangs of New York there a week ago And anybody that's not Irish trying to do an Irish accent It's just puke Other than Brad Pitt in Snatch Brad Pitt in Snatch did a good I, job
1: I'm, Did he get an Oscar for
0: that? Because I no, no He sick But he was talking about accident. the caravan Like it was so oh, good Brilliant, brilliant,
1: brilliant
0: What's your drink? What do you drink? What do
1: I drink? Oof what, what Not milk trendy? anyway. <laughs> no, I love, I love Fanta. Fanta no, the job. Or dilute. It's just the Tropicana. Oh, oh yeah, Tropicana
0: is so much oh. better than my my body. Oh, I can drink a whole
1: bottle of it. Do you know the massive skill I actually just learned actually? Here's a little oh. takeaway for anyone listening, right? If you take pre-workout, right, get soda water, Tropicana and your pre-workout. And it actually tastes like just like a fizzy drink. It's yeah. amazing
0: because so the pre workouts like, don't taste amazing at the best of times. Absolutely,
1: like, they taste shite. <laughs> but once you mix it up, it's, you're you're good to go. Like
0: so, yeah. Um, what artists have you been listening to a lot recently? Ooh, what artists do I listen to? Man, I have such a
1: diverse taste in music. I listen to everything. I obviously I love Drake, Kendrick. I love J Cole, but I also love like my British music, like of mm-hmm. gigs, uh, yeah. Dave, Onomati, But then it, as well, when I when I tend to like meditate, I listen to a lot of piano stuff. Um, Hans Zimmer. Oh, he's a he, man. He's so good. Oh man, he is. He's a G. Like he's an oh, absolute yeah. G. I'm like, I wish so much more my boys knew about this guy. He's an absolute like what he did in Inception and Interstellar. But you know, like I'm a six foot four black guy. Imagine me trying to be like right, convincing my boys to so let's go to like a little composing. <laughs> But like, what are you on? Like, what are
0: go you by describing? yourself. Go by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine. Oh stop. Whatever. I know I know a couple of lads that went to see him because he played in Dublin a year and a half ago or that. And he did yeah. all he did all the soundtracks, obviously. And they had a big screen with like the clips of the films playing in the background and all. And it looked unreal. Full orchestra, like class job. Yeah, we'll have to go see him. Yeah, we'll I'll go with you, man. Definitely. Man. I'll definitely, definitely go with you. We'll have to
1: go, we'll
0: have to go see it for sure. Um
1: Are you reading any books at the moment? Am I reading any books at the moment? I, oh man, I'm reading, there's one called uh, Lost Connections. And it's about, I think this guy's uh, sister is suffering from depression. He's looking at the book now, but he's trying like natural, it's it's like natural ways to like solve depressions or something. I literally just started it. So so it was given to me as a gift. And then obviously I have, True dog, feel nice. Oh, yeah. Um and good one. I have a book called The Things You Can You Can Only See When You When You Slow Down. And it's just about it the reflection of life and how you how you view life and stuff like that. So, so yeah, those are pretty much the ha- that's the only one I
0: haven't heard about those. Uh last question: what would you tell your 18-year-old self? What would I tell my 18-year-old self?
1: What would I tell my <laughs> invest in bitcoin no i definitely <laughs> i'm like boy you better invest 100 grand in bitcoin i wouldn't be here if i, I invest in bitcoin you'd be, you'd be yeah, no. TV, like, i'd be, be
0: like, like how much how much do you send me for this interview who's this
1: peter right you speak <laughs> of please like who are you like well, uh,
0: I, man, people are thinking that,
1: you, that anyway, you know, don't worry. You just you you just about get through to my secretary. I'm like,
0: sorry, I, <laughs> I, I, I the second once. secretary.
1: Yeah, the second one.
0: Yeah.
1: Um now nah, it's you know, so what would I what would I I would probably say just be yourself, just stop trying to be everyone else, everyone else is taken, just be yourself. Um find what's unique for you and accept that and go with that. And yeah, once you step in yourself. And to find a lot more people appreciate that you know they appreciate you being unique and that's pretty much it um because a lot of times when we especially when we move into college we try to be part of the gang and so then when you get older you start seeing things that people do you're like wow this guy makes honey that's pretty cool and i love what he's doing or this guy is into fashion you're
0: talking about jerry so- <laughs> talk yeah, Jer-
1: you know, Jer- yeah i was talking about
0: jerry <laughs> I did like, actually know. I was like, "Oh <laughs> <God." laughs> He loved that shout out, now. Everybody go buy Hot honey.
1: Yeah, jers honey. Have you tasted it?
0: Yeah, yeah, I've had it. It's class. Mammy yeah. Wright loves it. There's a little plug. He'll have to give me money now. He'll have to send me money for uh, promotions now.
1: Royalties. Yeah. Royalties. send you. This is sponsored by jers honey. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's that's pretty much that's pretty much it. bro. Yeah, it, it, I suppose just to reflect on everything. Being an athlete, there's so much more to it. You know, it's there's so much sacrifices that you need to make. There is, you need to be determined. You need to be, um, have a positive mindset. I think that's definitely important. We spoke briefly on just the mental aspect of things. And also as well, you know, learn from your mistakes. Don't judge, don't be quick to judge others too quickly either. And yeah, just, you definitely live a definitely sound life but um, yeah
0: alright good message there for everyone I'd say thanks a million for coming on man really appreciate it great chat no problem at all